Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show, with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker, all things Sunderland. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say Preview Show with Sun FM. Myself and Gareth in the studio tonight. We're hoping to be joined by Kevin Ball. He will be. He will be. He's promised us he's going to come in. He was stuck in traffic through the dark side. He's been to Newcastle today and he, and he rang me well over an hour ago to apologise and said he was stuck in traffic and he was heading the wrong way towards Hexham. And what it does do is beg the question what he would do in I the know. situation what? if it was one of yeah. his players, either as a manager or as a captain of a football club. You know, you're going to go all Roy Keane style and and, and leave the bus, but we you know. I don't. You I mean you? You can have a go, ball if you want, but I'm not going to. No, do it. no. We'll just do it now, and then when <laughs> yeah. he's not here, he'll never know about and it. Then pretend, yeah. He probably won't listen back, will he? So we'll just pretend, and then it'll so be fine in the we end. We don't want any of our listeners to grass us up <laughs> to his Luke on oh, Twitter could, or anything like that. He could, couldn't he? <laughs> but then he might like scold Luke for being a grass. Don't mm. tell tales. Mm, maybe. So maybe we're safe. We're safe across the board. So yeah, it's a, it's um, obviously disappointing that he's not here now. But credit to Bali for he's honestly pushing through. He's doing everything he can get here. So he yeah. said he reckons he'll get here for twenty minutes. So we've got some good questions and that. So we'll we'll when he gets here, we'll have a a good laugh. Mm. He even offered to do the show tomorrow. He did, but which, we can't, which, which is... Um, which is a shame. Christmas party, where you've got yeah. the weirdest Christmas party ever, going up to Scotland. Not weird. Well, it is a bit strange. No, because the group is in Scotland, mm. and all the all different branches of the, the group go up to the one same Christmas party. So, you're just jealous, because you're probably going to town, are you? We are going to town. Oh, do, you, do, do, you know, <laughs> do you want to know where we're going? Oh. Go on, then. The Peacock. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Like, well, it is, but it's like you know, it's like anyway, oh, it's when, when they break holiday. the when they break the news right. to you, we're going to go on the peacock. We've got the peacock this year for our Christmas party. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I'll be in the next year yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, you will be. Come along to that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Who, because who's on? Darren Williams, former Sunderland player, is going to come along and talk to you about the game, which will be really good. Actually, I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad right. that's a good I'm, guest to get on, it Darren. Is indeed, I'm not. I'm no. I won't be there. Even more reason to come along for people. I'll be at the. I'll be on the train back from Scotland. So, well, you've been to the Peacock twice in the time that I've been to Scotland. I'm just hoping I don't get that drunk on Friday night that when I go back in on Saturday I start getting flashbacks. Well, about. I hope you do. We've probably waffled on too long about not football-y things. Shall we talk about some football-y things? Oh, well, you, you, I'll tell you what, then you bring up the first football-y thing to talk about, because I was quite happy just talking nonsense there, filling, ready for ball well, and no, walking in the studio, you've got, saving the day. Yeah. We even told people not to bother coming in tonight. I know. People were offering the services, we didn't part bother. of the wider Wise Men yeah. Say team. We didn't bother, um, <laughs> we didn't bother getting a Fulham guest on, 
So, you know, we, we hadn't bothered with that because we're thinking, Bolly will talk for well, like it's 45 sound, minutes. There is sound logic behind that, though, isn't it? Yeah. People, I don't want people to think like it wasn't even discussed and we, because we actually did say it, didn't we? We had a, a production meeting, text each other, um, and, and said, you know, do we need to reach out and get a Fulham guest or should we just... Should we just press record and let Bali explode? And, and we decided to go for that option, didn't we? Yeah, which back, spectacularly backfired. <laughs> but yeah, it was talking about the uh, on on Monday's show about that funny little um, anomaly, and it, it's probably not even that funny. It's just one of those things that you notice, and um, that the, these little coincidences probably pop up all the time. But the fact that when we went the in the fifteen point season, when we went the entire season at home. Without winning the game, and we played Fulham uh, on the last day, the rearranged game because it was snowed off in April or something. In April, it, it was yeah. the first weekend in April. It got snowed Snow off. Snowing in April, mad. Um, and madness. And then, uh, yeah, the, the the replayed game on the it was the second last game of the season, and we um, we won. Um, but we t- we were losing in the um, in the game that was snowed off as well. So I think we we're one 0 down. Yeah, we were. So. Thanks to uh, Rory Delap, I think. No, it was George McCarthy slipped over and backheeled Rory Delap in the face and broke his nose. The referee called the game off, and then we got a winning game at home. So, but Chris Coleman was the manager of Fulham at the time. So what you're saying is he's a rubbish manager. No, they no, were the I'm only just, side. Yeah, they were the only side who, who we managed to win, uh, beat that season at home. Yeah, but we we were. <laughs> he's here. He's here. <laughs> Sorry. All right, it's we're doing it. Problem. This is all live, this so all, this is great. Kind of live. We're still recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't swear yet. What? Well, no, don't swear no, at all. No, no, no. I'm mixing my up. Gareth's got his Gareth's got his pen ready to write down the times I haven't, no, you for are. when for when Bali swears. I mean, need to go back. Right, well, actually, wait, no, you can stand up. Do you want to sit down? Yeah. There you go. Come on. Test them, test them. No, I'm joking. <laughs> there you go, you can hear he's him now. Do you know what the other anomaly about that game was, though? What, go on then? Like Kevin Ball was the manager of Sunderland. What oh, game? Oh, there you nah, go. See. He's turned kind of first. Am I on? Am I, can you, you hear me? Right, right. yeah. um, I, I trust you're talking about that game many years ago. Got the Fulham game. Yes. Right. <laughs> so I'm just saying it's funny because we went the season without winning the game. You were the manager of Sunderland. Chris Coleman was the manager of Fulham. And now we've gone a whole year without winning the game. Chris Coleman's the manager of Sunderland playing Fulham. In my uh, programme note Saturday, obviously I brought that up, said about it, said that um, how the, the coincidence have come back, like, you know, obviously Kip managed Fulham as well. Um, yeah. They say Cookie was a manager um, when I was a manager of the club then. It had transpired the game before, got called off, you remember, because yeah, yeah. it was big snow, made the pitch really wet, and I got the blame for that because everyone said, why did he water the pitch before the game? And then when it snowed, it was all my fault. It got waterlogged. Yeah, right, OK, it was my fault. You know, God decided to make the snow come down heavy. Um, but going to the game, we went out for dinner the night before, me and Chris, and you know, like I said, I've known Chris a lot of years and that and Kit, and it was, it was nice, actually, how we got the win, and I've never forgot afterwards that I think we'd done... Um, I walked around the pitch to thank the fans because obviously it was, I think it was the last home game of the season the as well. Game, like, yeah. and, and after the game, when I went outside, some bloke gave me a right rollicking. <laughs> he said, uh, what are you doing allowing the players you know, to have a, you know, like a... Lap of honour. Lap of honour. Yeah. I went, look, mate. I said, do you really think that was a lap of honour? I said, I'm making them walk around and say thanks to you lot you know, for like supporting us because of the season we've just had. Not a lap of honour take for me. And after he went, oh, I never saw it like that. You know, I never saw it that yeah. way. So anyhow, going to what you've just said is transpired to this game now and the silly thing is everyone would be going oh that means we're going to win it's a coincidence and the emotional side the nostalgia side gets to you 
bit I've said, and, and I, I've no doubt that um, the manager and Kit will be doing the same, is if you focus too much on the win, you forget to do your job in between. Do your job in between gives you a chance of the win. And if, if it was me, I would be saying to the lads, look, yes, we want to win, but let's concentrate on doing our jobs. And if you saw how they'd done that last week at Wolves, they really did concentrate on doing their jobs, and, and they got a fantastic result. And if they do that on Saturday against Fulham, there's no guarantee we get the result, but they give themselves a chance of getting the result. So it'll be interesting. I mean, they did that a bit against <clears throat> against Reading in a way. They, they did resist that. The, obviously, the crowd were kind of trying to push them on until they were front foot, and, and yeah. they obviously they, they had to keep the discipline because they didn't want to get picked off. Yeah, and and that's I mean, I've a good friend of mine, Kevin Dillon, who's Storm Sunderland family played together. He worked at Reading, watches Reading a lot as well. He's up here now. He had told me what they were like. He said, they'll suck you onto and pick you off, play through you. He said, and you've got to be very professional, very disciplined. You've got to take into account the players you've got at the club at your time or at your disposal to allow you to what formation you're going to play. You know, if we had real mobile, athletic, quick lads up front, you might go, actually, no, we're going to press them. We're going to really try and win the ball deep in there after. You know, it's, it's really looking at what you've got available to what sort of system formation you're going to set, going to set up. And we did do that, and like you say, and then it gets to just before half time, you sat there. I'm like thinking, yeah, we've done okay. I didn't think we were particularly great. I've got to be honest with you, and but we've done what I would class as a professional yeah. performance. And then Callum scores, and I'm up off my seat, giving it a high <laughs> fire, rocks, and yeah, screaming like like a little girl, like and it was lovely, I have to say. And then he got sent off. And can you imagine how I felt after that, like you know? And and it was such a downer. It was like one minute you're up there yeah. buzzing, next minute, oh my god, what's going to happen mm. now? Seeing I've doubled the impact on, on already, what what, a, what could be a negative stadium? I'm going to give something for our visitors to visualise and ball. You've just walked in the studio, you've got, yeah. a, you've got a red and white striped yeah. shirt on. Is that because you've been to Newcastle today? Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> but that's wrong, isn't it? But, you know, like, um, it, it, it's, it's funny because we've been over to the RVI and I have to say, um, visited a lot of lovely people today. A lot of people in situations that you just hope that, that all works out well from you you know you've met their families and that and they're lovely people a lot of Sunderland people in you know with their kids at the moment in the hospital and that and you're having the crack with them and and then you speak to the nurses and you look at you know the what they do and how hard they work and I was talking to one lady and I was saying how difficult it must be emotionally for the lady that showed us about but yeah, all the lads had lovely Christmas jumpers on, but I thought, no, Kev's wearing his red and white shirt, so I did like that. Yeah. Did I get anything thrown at me? No. So me, me, me son was in the hospital for about six months. Yeah. It was getting awards Christmas. And uh, and they were saying, oh, the Sunderland players coming round, Newcastle players coming round. And I was like, all right, okay. So I was out, and I came back in from work, and my wife had taken a little one out, and on the when she'd been out, the Newcastle players had been in and left a, like a Newcastle wrap yeah, present yeah. on the bed yeah. and that. And I, get, I was like, oh, give it to one of the nurses. <laughs> I was like, you can give that to you. Yeah, I've got to be honest. It's, it's funny. I mean, if the Newcastle players go around there, magnificent. Um, and I think this time of year, it's a, I know you can like it's a bit of a cliche, but I do believe it's it's fantastic when any of the clubs go around. Like we've had lads go in, in the RVI today and in Newcastle they've been at Durham they've been in the Sunderland and that and I think it's important and we're going to see the kids and my thing as well though was <coughs> you know we're going to see the kids coming maybe go and see people in the other wards I mean, mm. you know maybe the older generation yeah, yeah. a little bit that might have watched us play and might be wanting that bit of company as well so my thing next year is maybe we should make sure we do a little bit of that as well but it, it might it, get some really stick in not. Newcastle if you do that yeah, the, kids, that, yeah. <laughs> the kids, yeah, the kids will be yeah, happy yeah, with yeah, yeah. whatever well on, on that Wait. though I should mention the good things that you know that everyone always has a pop of football for being a lot, a lot of negative connotations. Yeah. But at the weekend, 
there's the um, bring a tin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, campaign it, as well, which is obviously you, if you're going to the game, take. And we, I done it last year. I've got to be honest with you. Like going back to the day, I went over with. Um, there was Jack, Lewis Graban, and and Vaughan and Shazy, um, Lamine and Didier and myself, and obviously a couple of members of staff as well. And I went around with Lamine, Didier, and Jack. And it was really interesting in watching Lamine explain to Didier what was happening, what was going on. So we understood everything. And we were appreciated so much by everybody there. And it was lovely to see the lads give that back as well, like, and put a smile on the kids' faces. And they didn't just turn up and give the, you know, the obligatory smile. They actually were talking to them, getting involved. And that's one of my biggest things is the same with bringing Tin on, so whether our supporters get involved, whether the players get involved. If we're going to do it, let's do it properly. Let's not just go, oh, yeah, token gesture, you know, we're just a bit, let's do it properly. And today I was really impressed by the lads I was with today, I have to say. And, and you hope on, on Saturday when we do the bring a tin that, that everybody gets involved in that and, and brings whatever they, they can. Yeah. doesn't mean you have to bring an absolute bundle of gear. Just bring what you can and do your little bit. And, you know, we yeah. do the same. Yeah. And I think we're we're going we're gonna to mention that, aren't we? For the, and we're yeah. we're going to hear from Coleman, who was at the hospital today as well. Yeah. We, we, we've got absolutely loads of questions um, from people. Um, but, but I think we, we'll just... We'll steal you for ourselves for five minutes before we do all that. A lot of people, though, asking about Lee Catamol at the moment, Kevin. I'm yeah. going to dive straight in with it. Uh, I nearly said another red card there, but he hasn't been sent off for about four years, Lee. Um, what do you you think of his situation uh, this season, that he's forming yeah. and, and the red card of the weekend? I would, I would have said, if I'm honest, at this moment in time, um, the comparable form hasn't been as good as has it, let's be honest with you. But I think when you take into account... Um, and this is the way I've been telling people, and this is what I honestly believe as well, because I've been in the situation when you've been injured for a long period of time. You then, people expect you to come back, you know, better than what you was before. So if you take into account, prior to Lee's injury, he was playing, you know, and fighting and working, and, you know, he was one of our better players. Would we agree on that? And he ends yeah, up, you know, yeah, and yeah. rightly so, getting the, the contract he did, he has the injury. The injury was never really resolved, so he's playing with it, he's trying to train with it. It's mentally bugging him in his head because he's thinking what's wrong with me and we couldn't quite get it right so then it all culminates in a long period of time where he's training not training playing not playing going out getting sent back in couldn't train couldn't play so he's got the emotional side to deal with and the physical side then he gets the operation done he has his first game against Derby remember I, he was man of the match there you go mm. right so what causes somebody to do all that and get man of the match for me, it is that thing of your back plan, you're on a high adrenaline, gets you through, and that then reality sets in, your body reality sets in a bit. And I remember I had a major injury many years ago, I was a lot younger than Lee at the time, and it was a muscular injury as well, very similar to Lee's in the sense, mum's in McCarthy's when he's hip, and it takes you a long time to get over it. And what people do is they judge you quite quickly, they, they look at your form before, compare it with your form now, and the initial, oh, oh he, he ain't no good no more. I think we've got to be careful with Lee. I think we've got to not protect Lee, but I think we've got to respect Lee because I think it's been a real tough time for him. And I think he <coughs> must as well because Lee's a winner. Make note of it. One of the loveliest things he ever said, whether it be to me or really about the club, was he was talking about how people speak about me, Phillips, Quinney, and people like that, what he would class as legends of the club. And, and he went, I want to be spoke about in the same sentence as you lot. Now, I took that as a massive compliment. So when you take all that into account, 
he's probably hurting as much as anybody at the moment because he wants to get back to Lee Catamole at his best. Now that might take another two or three months. Now that's up to the manager and Kit to look at that, assess that, and do what's right by Lee to get him back to his best. And it might take six months. I remember the injury took me probably a year. Now I'm not saying that like with Lee because the cover you get now and the medical care you get now and the everything to go with it is totally different to what I may have had. But we have got to be a bit mindful of that, to be honest with you. It doesn't help when, think, when, well, when the collectively the, the, the aren't, you know, we aren't blessed with lots of creative centre midfielders as well at the moment. And because Lee's been here the longest and he's, and he's been captain, it, it, people tend to look at the old guard, don't they? And well, point the, fingers there first. I mean, the, the most, mm. quite, most frustrating thing, I think, about Raw about in the Echo, about the, the red card at the weekend, it was, it's not the tackle, it's the touch. You know the touch, and it's right. like he's obviously give, he gives a, it's that, and that's just a sharpness. He gives yeah. the ball away, and then he's lunging for it, and he's probably thinking, "Why have I done uh, that?" I, I tell you what, I think happened in that situation. Before I go back to the sending off, I think he was thinking about what he was going to do yeah. with the ball before he got the ball. So at split second, and that's confidence as well. I've got to be honest with you. You're thinking, "What am I going to do with it?" He's then gone back to his touch. By that, he's took a bad touch because he's thinking about what he's going to do with it before he's took his touch. He's had a big touch, and he's thought. And then he swore that. I've got to get the ball back, right? He ends up lunging at the lad and, and whacking him. Now, I hate petulant uh, bookings, right? And I think Lee at times suffers with that. And that's the ones that are petulant, kicking the someone's feet or kicking the ball or doing something else so he kicks the ball away. But something where it's a petulant one, it's then his next tackle gets him sent off. Now, if you look at his first one, he swung his leg at the lad, didn't he? You know, like I he thought sort of, it was a bit soft, it, it was a soft booking, but. The referee had chose that day that the level of booking was deemed on his first his first booking. The level of tackle, so I was on his first booking. So if the first booking he made was what you would all go, Christ, what's he booking him for that for? That's now. Everybody else after that has got to be careful because that's the level he's going to book you at. So Lee swung his left leg at the lad and flipped him. Now, let's be honest, the lad's had a bit of a roll around, hasn't he? You know, it's like you're thinking, oh, wait, mate, like he's not like punched well, you in the head or anything. Right? So they've done that and he gets booked. A minute later, that happens, he gets booked. But it's that first one. If I've got told a great thing. If you're going to do it wrong, do it right. So in other words, if you're going to get booked, make sure it's for a proper <laughs> yeah. good humdinger, like, yeah. you know, not like a petulant one. Now, Lee, like you say, rightly so, has not been sent off a voice, but how many times has he put himself in that uncomfortable yeah. position of being on ten tricks where we've withdrawn him from the play because of his tackle? Yeah. Now, we've also got to be mindful. We don't want to take away Lee... Catamole's tenacity, Lee Catamole's leadership, Lee Catamole's aggression. Lee Catamole, in some senses, epitomises what you need from a midfielder in the middle of the park. And he obviously needs someone alongside him who can do stuff that he can't. I just think we've got to be very careful of him. And I think Lee's got to be mindful of himself that he needs to get himself back into it. But I, do, I would have said it must be so tough for him. No matter what, what you earn, what you get, what you don't get, mentally for him, that must be really tough at the moment. I think on that as well, in in the game in the first half, there was a tackle on Donald Love by yeah. their player. Really, it was a nasty tackle, like right on his ankle. He went down. And he got. He didn't even get torn yeah, to. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think maybe? I know that the, it's a big thing about the respect campaign and all that. But do you think maybe some of the senior players need to be a bit more streetwise and uh, maybe maybe say to the referee maybe oh well you know if that's Lee he's probably getting a booking. And then, and then when that second, when that first one comes, maybe he gets away with it because so, he's in his so head. If you, oh, we talk, I'm talking about gamesmanship because we're talking right, about Wolves okay. players who, throwing himself right, on so, the deck. Right, who were the two Wolves players that got kicked? What are their names? 
Who was it? The, lad the two who got, lads. Who, who got whacked by Lee? Oh, I'm not sure. I can't. Right. I don't even know and, the names. And it was a number eight who t- challenged right. Love in the first half. So what I'm saying though is their is their upbringing different to ours? Because what I mean by that is, in the main, we won't turn around and have a roll around. Yeah. I'm not, I don't even know it was, but I would imagine I'm right in what I'm saying. Yeah, they may mean, be. Yeah. Used to having a bit of roll around when they get yeah, kicked. I think it was Sais the first one was. Yeah. Now I don't know what his history's where he's played, but like maybe that's the case. Maybe yeah. where they they are they can do that. Now, me as a manager, do I want my players to roll around on the floor if they get? To... No, of course I don't. I'd rather if you got to... it hurt, stay down. If it don't, get up. I have to go back now. Sorry, and that sorry, out. sorry about that. <laughs> well, I don't mind. I'm going to go back now. Uh, right. So if you get Matt kicked, right, right? If you get kicked, right? Then I don't think it's too bad. But they weren't. So it was gamesmanship, but. Is that what you really want? Mm-hmm. So now I understand what you're saying. You're going, actually, we might have to turn around and go, lads, if you get kicked, have a bit roll around. I'll be, like, mortified, I've got to be honest with you. Or you say to them, like you say, but that's where a good captain, a good experienced player might go. And I've always told the kids when I had, I've said, look, whenever, don't fall out with the referee. Referee's a man with a whistle. Don't fall mm-hmm. out of him. But if you need to speak to him, speak to him politely. Now, when people go to me, bloody old, have you got, used to get booked all the time. <laughs> None of my bookings were for dissent. None of my bookers were calling the ref a rude name. I called them something once and I apologised to him after the game because I was out of order. They were for booking. So what I'm saying is they can do it. But do you need to do it? Really, what you want mm. is if you get kicked, yeah, you get kicked. But if it hurts, stay down. If it don't, get up and get on with the game. Before we get on to these, uh, these questions, I just want to ask you about Chris Corman generally, somebody yeah. you obviously know and played with and everything. Yeah. And it was him who actually brought you up when, when he took the job uh, and said that he was having a... A chat with you, I think you said at Brentford when him and Kit yeah. were there, and you were waxing lyrical. So, are you are you to thank for for the appointment? <laughs> Am I the Messiah like that? <laughs> um, he, I, I would have always. The, the way I look at it is this: I've known Chris and Kit a long period of time, long, 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 long time, and he knows what our great our club can be. At this moment in time, we're not in a position where we can really call ourselves great, are we? We're sorry, am I not talking right into the mic? It's all right. It's, it's right. Right to we're up. like we now are potentially great again aren't we we're at a situation where we've gone to there so what Chris would have seen us was as a great challenge for him now obviously I'm going to wax lyrical about our club because I love our club I know what potential our club has got I look at our training ground I look at our stadium this is just on the football side right I look at what we've got there for players who ever come to this club or managers come to this club then I look at our supporters who absolutely love our club and we are the centre point of our city, the club, because this is where the people who support us gravitate to on a Saturday to watch us. It, I, I likened it to the Coliseum. It's like there's a fight at the end of the week, boys. Where is it? Oh, it's at the stadium. Like, let's go. Now, does he like a scrap? Will he want his players working hard? Absolutely. The man's got presence. Kit's got organisational skills, so they blend very well together. You see in the games we've had so far what he's done. Now, that's just a, a very small part of what he needs to do but he has done a little bit so would I like to take credit for him being here I think the word would be I think you I'd like to think if I have played a part fantastic and I'm, I'm glad he's mentioned that I think really Martin Bain and the board of directors uh, you know have, have done fantastic because when was he, by surprise a bit well I think what was nice was when he got appointed everyone went oh my god now I've got to be honest with you when I knew I got told it had been sorted out I was at home I got a phone call saying it's done I'm not lying, I was absolutely buzzing. Now, I was buzzing because I knew what he could bring to the club. Now, in the same token, and I'm not going to lie, I was really hoping um, Simon Grayson and Glynn would have done the same. 
if I'm honest. Like you know, what those two were absolutely fantastic blokes. Now, obviously, I'm closer to these two because I've known them a long period of years. We played together. I see something different in them. I mm. see something that makes me think, you know, yes, come on. And it can't be a coincidence that uh, so many of these Wales players are coming out and and saying that so much of that success was down to him and his man management skills. And what this club has needed for a while, clearly, are players who, who really... It sounds so clichéd when you say it, doesn't it? But players who just understand, like what you were saying about the club being a centre point. And it's about time we had players who, whether it would be playing for the manager, because I think when Keane was here, a lot of the players might have played, been playing for Keane first and yeah. foremost. But we need them to play for something, at least, don't we? Because it's just... It's like they've been going through the motions to an extent. Do you know what, though, right? And I know it's a weird thing to say people used to say to me about who do you play for and I said well I play for me my family and the club and they go well surely you play for the club first I went no think about it I can't do it for me personally well I'm a joke anyway, aren't I? if I can't make me be the best player I can be and do the best I can be for me I must have something wrong with my head so I've got to make sure that I want to be the best I can be as a player that I want my family to be proud of me and by doing those two things who's going to benefit well, the club are, aren't they? Do you think do modern you... players do that? As Probably that as not, no, but that was just my mentality. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I could speak to another ten lads and them all go, bloody old ball, he's nuts there. You know, you don't, this is what you do. That's their prerogative. What we have got to make sure, where players come into the club, or even the current crop of players, and, and Cookie will drum this into them, is, you know, you have got to be doing it right. You have got to work your proverbials off. Now, what I mean by that, it doesn't mean running around, it means working consistently to better yourself and the team being smart about it as well and like I said it, it excited me and, and I'm, I'm, it's nice that Chris has said that as well and and like I said I've spent a lot of time with him since he's coming up making sure you know that anything that I can do to help him to be a success he knows I'll be there as I would have done any of the other managers I've got to be honest with you but I've, I've got so much time for him and Kit and we had so much fun together when we played and Kit like I said I've known a long period of time and they'll be desperate to succeed here as well and, and let's be honest with you you know it's a real big challenge for him and from our point of view as a club it's also a challenge for us because we're, we're, we're bringing him back from international management back into club management which again is, is, is total contrast to what he's done over the last five or six years but the one thing he's got in abundance is, is a presence a magnificent presence where he can c- control the room quite quickly um, control the changing room when I say controlling the individual, I don't mean that. What I mean is he can speak to an individual in any way you want. If it, you know, if it's a pat on the back or a kick up the jacksy, he's more than capable of doing it. And he realises that if he wants to now be a successful club manager, he has to get our team playing like that as well. We have Adrian McCormick, Tom Wilcock and Jack Heppel all asking you about potential academy prospects at the moment. Do you think there are any? Yeah, there is some there. I think it's a very difficult period of time again um, in a sense of we've had a lot of managers so we've had a lot of players that are currently playing their trade in different leagues, you know, um, who you could have argued would have been in our first year. You look at the lad when myself um, and Kit and Cookie spoke down at Brentford, the captain of Brentford was John Egan. Now he come for our academy. Yeah. And there you are, playing his trade in the championship and he's now an international. Connor Hurahan centre midfield for Aston Villa where everyone wax lyrics about another academy product so it, the situation at the times can sometimes tell you whether your development path is at this particular club or you might have to go somewhere else and I personally think at times we have done the right thing by allowing younger players to go off on loan um, get careers in the game because 
the players you have here at the time, the manager wants. If he doesn't want them, well, truthfully, get them a career in the game. I think we've got duty of care today. You then come to the current crop of players. There's one or two there, but I also think to really, really give them a chance, I think they need to get out on loan as well. They need to expect. I call it big boys football, yeah. and it sounds really sort of mad, but like what it's like. I watched Max Strijek the other night down at Lincoln. He was playing for Accrington, and it was a checker trade trophy game. Might have been four or five thousand there. It was a proper game of football. He had not experienced that in in under twenty three football. Under twenty three football is a fabulous development tool for certain players. They get to a stage where they're not quite on the knocking on the door, getting in the first team, but they might be you know knocking. But to push that door open, sometimes they need to go out and understand what it's like to cross that white line on a Saturday or a Tuesday night when someone's going to get on their back, the pressure to deliver, you know, and, and all those aspects that come with the game. And we've got one or two that we're planning on getting out in January that hopefully this will in turn be a nice stepping stone. Some of the younger come. ones or some of the ones who have been around the first team um, squad? I think a little bit of both. We've got to be careful because a manager will have an eye on one or two that have been around the squad. Like you could take, for example... I saw a Madger and you would say to yourself where's their next step you know Madger who, who know he's been involved in the first team in pre-season you saw Soro come on in games and he's got that electric pace that frightens you you know what will he want to do with these two will he want to say actually no they, they're young enough to stay in the 23s and with me or will he say actually if we get the right club we might put them out but that's the manager's decision we have meetings every week about it when we sit down talk about it and we talk what we try and get the right not always the right move because sometimes it's not always about the right move it's about what's out there at the time for a player and sometimes you do literally say well look you've got to go out there and show us you can do it we've had it where some of our young players have gone out and had a beast and everyone's going to me it's horrendous it's the worst loan ever I went not really I said think about it he's gone away thinking he's a top draw player all of a sudden he's found out he's not so he's got a choice now he either works a lot harder at becoming a lot better or he ain't going to make a footballer and you know you take Duncan Watmore's um, first loan up to Hibbs and it was comical but Terry Butcher I remember him on the day he rang me he went what's the boy Watmore like and I went yeah different class I said come and watch him great lad great player and he was going up this side of the country been to watch Villa Brighton drove across to watch us against Stoke play in the 23s and he rang me afterwards and went, I want to take him. He said, I saw more football and proper football in half an hour of watching your 21s than I did in the whole of the Villa Brighton game because it was a nice football they play, you know, yeah. out from the back, which is great. And, I, you know, I am an advocate of that. But it was proper what we were doing. Duncan went up there, had 10 bells kicked out of him. He used to ring me up and go, Kevin, they, the lad said today it was a, the worst tackle they've ever seen in training. And, and me angel. I said, was it teaching you anything? He went, well, what do you mean by that? I said, well holding on to the ball too long you're aware you know so I would go the other way then he would he would send me words on his reports that were really fanciful from he's really educated and I'd ring up go dunks this is baller you're going to have to say better words than that I ain't that bright lad like that you know and and he would then laugh And but I thought it was great for him but the biggest thing was he's playing at Easter Road I think it was against Hearts there was a corner he's gone to take it they're calling him names because of in yeah. playing for the opposition and hammering him he went and you never guess what he said the referee only blew for a, somebody to treat an injury he said I spent five minutes in the corner while they absolutely <laughs> abused me I went how did that make you feel he said oh, I quite liked it so he thrived on it you understand what I mean yeah. now from that point of view I'm saying is you then get another young player great. He, might, he might have absolutely crumbled now when you go out of the stadium I don't care who you are you need to be resilient you need to be able to understand that crowd there is, is there to live off what you do. And if you don't do what they want you to do, 
they will get on your back. And have I got any problem with that? No, because that's what they pay, they you know they pay their money. They want to see their team work hard. And George Honeyman is is kind of doing his apprenticeship the old-fashioned way because he he didn't really get the chance to go and get a sustained loan period. Well, he did. Anywhere. No, he did. Not he, just, he went to Gateshead. Gateshead didn't yeah, he? yeah. And that was spot on for him at Gateshead. It was it was a very very good learning curve for George at Gateshead. And he went to Gateshead. Then obviously they changed managers, so that changed. And he'd done okay there. Now, did he find it tough? Absolutely. But George come, has come a bit later. There's elements of George's game we've really worked out on over the years. I can't. I don't want to go into detail now about what we used to have to do with him when he was younger. He's now evolved into a player that, for me, is a is a very important part of the first team squad. And what I love about George is his enthusiasm endeavour, whether he's doing something right or something wrong, it's always 100%. He, he does things wrong. Yeah, there was one thing he'd done in a game, and even I sat there thinking, George, what the hell are you doing, lad? Like that. And after the game, I spoke with him. I went, George, hell of a pass that was. And you could, see, you know, like, and he's down the phone, you could just sense he's thinking, shut up, Paulie. Cause, but we have really good crap. We go out for, me and him go out for dinner. And I sit and I talk about his game with him. But the one thing he's got that we need to make <clears> sure we keep is players who have a love of playing football. And George loves playing football. George came to me at 16. When am I going to be in the first team? And I looked at him and went, I don't know, George. He went, well, Wayne Rooney was in the first team at 16. And I looked down at him and I went, yeah, George, but Wayne Rooney's a lot bloody better than what you are, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and a lot bigger. <laughs> and a lot bigger and stronger. <laughs> yeah. but, but, it was, but he was right. But George has always had this aspiration to want to play in the first team. Mm. Are you just finally, I'm, I know you need, to, you need to get away, Kevin, but as the fact, you know, you, you talk and I can still see how, how passionate you are about... about players wanting to play the game and stuff and then your old mates have, have come to manage your football club has any of this sort of made you itch to get back in towards the, the coaching side um, or the management I, side I, I think in terms of if I was to go ever back on the coaching side would I be able to slip in yeah absolutely not a problem if there was a role came up and they said look um, we want you to do this of course I would I mean coaching is something that I'd done for 15 years prior to or 14 years prior to stepping down and, and my knees more than capable of, of taking it do I enjoy what I do now? Absolutely. I mean, I mentor a lot of the young lads when they go around loan. Part of my job is to look after them. Um, I watch a massive amount of games now. I do a lot of ambassadors. So I've got a, what I class as a job I thoroughly enjoy doing. Don't get me wrong, it's very time-consuming, a lot of travelling. You know, you could be driving to watch a game three hours there, three hours back, and people might go, oh, that's nothing. Well, take it from me, it is when you're sat on your own and all you've got a Kings of Leon to listen to. And, you know, my... Um, what was it my playlist are not particularly great if I'm honest with you stick the podcast on next time you yeah it. yeah yeah but then I might drive off and end up up the curb <laughs> listening to you lot like um, but it, it, it's it's something that I haven't considered but it, if it ever got broached you'd always want to listen wouldn't you All, like I said my biggest thing is I want to see us I know it sounds weird this stop sustain and build do you understand what I mean because we have had this period where we have you know this has been very very difficult so now we need that little bit of stability then we need to start building again slowly but surely and and yeah and 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 however I can be part of that I'd be more than happy okay well myself and Gareth will come back and talk you got any more questions the, I've got one more, one more question come on you've got one more okay yeah, yeah. right fair enough I've got titanium you've got on question up there, Gareth. <laughs> you've caught me off guard people ask a few people asking about the the atmosphere at the stadium there's been a lot of talk about um perhaps closing um the upper concourses down and stuff and try and get the fans closer yeah. together to try and create atmospheres yeah, or something? I, I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, the one thing, I, I absolutely love the stadium. Like, walk out of there when it's empty, in the middle of the pitch. I would say to any new player coming to our club, don't send them out there when it's full. Send them out there when it's empty. Because it 
is unbelievable. I love it, right? Now, at the moment, obviously, it's a lot of people uh, um, are not coming, which I totally understand. That's their prerogative. We need to earn them to come back and that, which I get. Oh, sorry, I'm talk- not talking into the mic. They're getting into trouble, right? And uh, we need them to come back. Now, if at this moment in time, to create a better atmosphere, and people were agreeable and it was acceptable without upsetting people, because some people like sitting in their own seats. Some so, people would naturally be upset. No, and yeah. I'll tell you what, and I wouldn't want to upset them, to be perfectly honest with you, because... Sometimes the tradition is, no, this is my seat, I'm staying here, I've sat here for the last 20 years and you're not moving. I get that. If we could somehow say, listen, can we do something where we congregate everybody mm. together better? At this moment in time, could it benefit the team? Then yes, possibly. But what would benefit the team more would be winning mm. and bring back those yeah. fans to fill those empty seats. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, yeah. I'll go now. Then. Okay, I'm, no. do you know what? Right, I'm so sorry. I was late. No, right, so let's hope we win on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Okay, thanks very much to Bawley there. I just need to see a Matt Hartley. I, I, I did have your tweet ready to read. There was loads of tweets. We, we, we couldn't ask Bawley the questions because he... You could only give us 25 minutes or so of them. You, with Kevin, you've just got to kind of let him go off go off on one. Uh, that's how you get the best content from him. But when he said goodbye to us, he shook our hands and he nearly broke it, as he always does. And, and Matt did ask a really good question, wanting to know if the handshake firmness is the same across the board or does it depend on who he's meeting? I, I would well, love I the idea. I, I really well, if it's firmer for some people, then... <laughs> I know, well, I know. I, yeah, I wish I could have asked. I might even text him and then give the answer, Matt. There are people going around with hands like sausage casings if, he's, uh, mm. if he does that, just big floppy messes. But I just, I realised as soon as he, as he as he did it, and I thought, oh, I didn't ask the question. But, but Stephen actually has a bit of a thing about it, makes him feel inferior, doesn't it, yeah? it, it the, the boy's handshake. Afterwards, does it emasculate you? What, Kevin's? Yeah. Well, I, I wonder if he's judging me because there's no way it's that hard when you know when he you, you just put your hand down and you don't think about how yeah. firm it's going to be, do you? Yeah. And then he breaks your fingers and then you think, I wonder yeah, if he's yeah. thinking, God, what a pathetic handshake that lad's got. You know what I mean? Might be. Also, I see that he uh, convinced you that um, they should keep the top the the top stands and that open now, obviously. No, he said he said he think that. When, when I actually when I actually yeah, said yes. about talking idea. about shutting and there was, listen, I'm going to read out <laughs> the people who are asking because people are thinking I've just slipped that in there. I'm yeah, like, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's some questions from some of our listeners. Uh, Michael Paul was one of them, and Matt Anderson was another one. So there you go. Um, Guy incognito. When I said talking about shutting the top tiers and that, he started nodding his head. Right. Okay. There you go. 
Shall we talk about the match on Saturday? Yes. Uh, it's a shame that the Shall we? Kevin's on eight at all. The atmosphere, that, well, it leads on from the atmosphere, to, to be honest, because that, that's what concerns me at the, at the moment. I think this is a strange phenomenon at the moment, the state of my light, isn't it? Where you speak to people away in, you know, in the pubs, on social media, at work, and people are generally positive. They're behind Coleman. Uh, they think that there are clear signs of improvement. Before the game in the pubs, of people, you know, will be at the Peacock talking about it, and um, people will probably be, people will probably be uplifted by it. But then you walk in the ground, and I think it's, in, start, in, 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 it's just, it's just, it's just, it's straight. It's so strange. I can't put my finger on why think, it's um, like. Well, I can't because we lose every week. But th- it, it's, th- it's hard. It's it, it's gonna, it's going to take a win or two. It's going to take well to, to an early changing. goal in the game would do the. Would do the job, I think. I think it's interesting. Even Kevin's there, sitting, talking about the that incident in the Redden game where we're one nil up to not being one nil up and having the man sent off. And he said, "Oh, I feel deflated." That's Kevin Ball, you know, feels deflated. You know, the captain, you know, the club stalwart feels deflated. So if he feels that, somebody who probably think like even if we we're four nil down that with twenty minutes to go, I'd probably still think if you know try and drive the team on to make a difference you know that it just goes to show how over time it is like keep on using the using the example it's like you know heavyweight boxer you know getting punched in the head for 12 rounds you know how how long can you stand up for and that's what it's like being a Sunderland sport we're going to the stadium like it's like being repeatedly punched in the head and you know there's only so much people can take and you can't you and we've seen that in the drop in in attendances, and like Kevin says, I don't think um, you can blame people for 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 stopping stopping away. But I I just feel like he was saying about the way Coleman is a person, and he just feels like such a good fit. You hope for so, us. but you, you do hope the win comes soon rather than later because even after the Redden game, I, well, we had a, Coleman we, looked yeah. a little bit shell shocked. I thought, as if as if to say, I've <clears> told everybody I've walked in this with my um, eyes wide open, but I, in fact, I think he was a little bit shocked with with how bad the atmosphere was the, and, and how depressing the mood was. But as he keeps saying, you've got to shut all that out, shut all the results that have happened and gone before, get rid of them, forget them because you can't do anything about that, them. I know you're right. But you know you you can t- you can look at the games we've played. We've played four different teams. The core of what he wants to do has been there, but we've approached each game differently. And I think the Redden game, Saint Ball, although it was frustrating to watch at times, they were disciplined in in the the approach of the game. And what we've seen too much of in the last eighteen months is no game plan, no idea how we're going to win a game. It's kind of just hit and hope. Off you go. We'll try our best, but ultimately, the other team are going to beat us. And we've seen that in games this season. We're sorting games last season. I, although it's frustrating the Redden game because it, because it comes after that Burton victory, I just feel I can get behind the idea that he was trying to implement something in that game, and he'd looked at it and gone, "This is what we need to do." Grabbing, standing there, going, putting his arms out, and telling everybody to hold. Things like that, and that I think that's brilliant to see because it's it shows we've got a plan, mm-hmm. and we, if you've got a plan, you've got you've got a chance. And if if you keep on doing that, if you keep on doing the right things consistently, eventually things will go in your favour. 
if you continue doing the wrong things all the time and then hoping that something might happen and then all of a sudden it'll be better, then you're in bother. Because even when you get it right, it's going to, by sort of, you know, throwing enough mud at the wall, the next week might go dreadfully, dreadfully wrong again because you've you've kind of papered over the cracks. Do we think he's going to change the system and formation? Um, we, we know he liked three at the back. Um, for Wales, he's 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 done that for a purpose of Molyneux, hasn't he, to try and mm. and get a result at home? Do we think he might go back to what he did against Reading, or do we think he'll keep it something similar? I think he might go to the four three three. I don't know. I'd like to see him stick with the three at the back. I like it, and I think the the two the two extra midfielders are the the two he can change. Well, to say two extra midfielders, the two. Most advanced, sorry, midfielders of the two you can probably change. Obviously, Catmull will have to drop out, so it'll be interesting to see what he does there. Could Gooch drop in that space, where, in, vacated by Catmull and that team? Because um, Ndong's still out, I think, and, and McNair's still out, so could Gooch just come in there? And then, with Honeyman in front, that opens up the space for maybe a little somebody who's a bit more aggressive. What like McGeady or McManaman? Or McManaman? Or, or, you know, he's, he's quite an old-fashioned sort of winner, McManaman, isn't he? Yeah. It'd be interesting. Well, so, so, could... so is McGeady. So is McGeady, but McGeady's probably. I think McGeady's more the ball comfortable. Yeah, more. he's more yeah. comfortable coming inside and getting on the yeah. ball, isn't he? Than McManaman would be, I would say. And I, I'd be all for that. And it, you know, it, it might give McGeady the free, the freedom he needs to to do the damage um, that he can do, and we've seen him do earlier in the season. He's rightfully dropped because he's been poor, whether it was a system or whatever. Um, but he'll come again. You know, he's got the ability. We've seen him muster goals out of absolutely nothing for us this season. So he'll do it again. Um, just hopefully he's doing it in 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 a winning cause rather than consolation or getting us a point. Okay, well, thanks to Bali for coming on anyway. Um, we, we, we're we glad we didn't go for the Fulham guest now because he, he gave us yeah. an extra 10 minutes to, to he what did. he said he was yeah, going to give yeah, us. Yeah. Uh, which we're very he always gives you 110%. He does, well, he's a yeah. man of his word, isn't he? You know, he's gone, he really has gone out of his way, driving from Newcastle to, I think he lives Chesler Street, doesn't he? So he's, 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 he's made sure that he'd come in to speak to us because he said that he would. So that's really, really appreciated for him. Captain and manager of Sunderland, Kevin Ball. And also remember, make sure you come up yeah. to the Peacock to uh, Saturday. Saturday. I always yeah. say tomorrow. tomorrow it's, yeah. it's actually Thursday, but you might be listening to this on Friday. We have Darren Williams, of course, who played for Sunderland during um, the title-winning team of nineteen ninety-nine, and the two sides have finished seventh, um, as well as uh, for a little bit under Mick McCarthy after that as well, didn't he? So very well thought of by Sunderland fans is Darren Williams, and he's going to come to the Peacock and speak to us about the game, about Chris Coleman, and I've got no doubt that some of you will have some questions about his career and players he's played with, and, also and remember, stuff like that as well. Bring a tin on Saturday, which is a great initiative, obviously, going to the game and coming away, having lost so regularly, you know, it's, it's miserable, but, you know, as, as miserable as it is, I'm, yeah, I'm sure we're probably all in a position where we can, you know, Thought to put a bit of food on the table for our families and there's people out there obviously Christmas who can't so it's a great initiative so if you've got you know a box of a couple of soups sitting in the back of the cupboard that you haven't had or a tin of soup or a tin of beans or something like that that you can spare and bring along to the game there'll be collection points and bins uh, that you can uh, put that food in so uh, it's, a, it's a good cause and I know that Newcastle have been doing it as well and it, it, it is a, it is a, 
it's sad that it has to happen, but it, it is a great thing and a, a great effort from the, the community. Yeah. And positive. Something positive about football. Yes. Come on, Sunderland. Thanks for listening. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show, with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.